The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome everyone and thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. In fact, we even invite you to become that light. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Today, we are going to engage in a roundtable discussion to help make sense of what is perhaps one of the most challenging and baffling biblical conundrums, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, Joining us today to run out the roundtable are Daniel Kehoe and Rex Davis, both longtime students of the Ascended Masters and all-around good guys and seekers of truth. Welcome, gentlemen. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Well, I hope that praise is worthy. (laughs) We're going to find out right now. (laughs) I think most people are familiar, at least to some degree, with the following quote from the Gospel of Matthew, which appears, of course, in the Testament. And this was originally part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I will quote from the King James Version. Quote, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now we know that this quote comes from the Sermon on the Mount, as I said, and it is not posed as a question, as a statement. We are not being asked to determine the degree of darkness, but rather we are expected to accept the reality that if the light within us is darkness, it is in fact significant. So what do you make of this, gentlemen? Who wants to go first? Well, um, I'm going to let uh, either of our (laughs) guests go first. I've got, well, you know, I've listened to the audio because I helped prepare the audio. And so I I have a little bit of a background there, but let's just see where it pops to the surface here. Well, we were talking right before the show about how there are lots of different versions of the Bible. There's the King James Version. There's the New International Version. There's, I think when I was in college, I used the Oxford Annotated something. There's one called the Gateway Version, I believe. And we were talking how... You know, there is there is kind of a an industry of producing new versions of the Bible by going back to the source material and retranslating it, and obviously that's not an easy job because much of it is Hebrew, Aramaic, etc., uh, Greek, or even Latin if you go to the secondary mm-hmm. translations. So this is one of those uh, quotes uh, that is has has a lot of variation depending on the translation. For me, what it means is um, if you're if your eye be, what was it? If your eye be darkness. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if thine eye be evil. If thine eye be evil. The if, whole body. I think it has a lot to do with how you are looking at your world and interpreting situations. Perceptions. And, and what, what your judgment is of situations. And judgment is criticism, condemnation, and judgment is something that Mark and Mother have taught 
quite prolifically about and how important it, important it is to be in tune with your mighty eye and presence before you, um, before you use your discernment or exercise any judgment upon any particular situation. So for me, what that means is that uh, we judge all the time in this world. Everybody judge. We make judgments about everything and people. I mean, you just go to the swimming pool and you say, oh, well, he's fat and he's skinny and she's, <laughs> she's pretty and so on and so forth. But you can run into a lot of, a lot of problems there spiritually by making judgments that are not necessarily uh, reflective of God's truth. Well, and, and like you were saying before we went on the air, you know, you, you'll run into somebody who you, you may not like to begin with, but they end up being really good friends. And so it's that it's kind of that initial reaction. You have to be careful with it, don't you? So for me, if the eye, the eye pertains to vision and seeing, if what you see is evil uh, all the time and everything, then you might be imbalanced and there can be, it can be symptomatic of different conditions, karmic conditions. Yeah. It can be. And by the way, just as a point of clarification, you referenced... Mark and Mother, for those of you who have um, no connection with these teachings, the reference there is to Elizabeth Clare Prophet, uh, Mrs. Prophet. Uh, we often play excerpts from various lectures of sh- that she's done over the, the decades on various subjects, including what we'll play later today on this particular subject. In fact, her view about what the light and darkness equation actually is, and we'll get to that coming up in segment two and three. Um, I want to throw this out. Uh, you know, we're talking about perception and what we perceive as a um, manifestation, perhaps, of what we experience inside. And I would throw out to you that we're also talking about the fact that we that our thoughts, words, and deeds are animated by light, the essence of God, and that depending upon how we um, qualify that light, we either creating bad karma or good karma. We've spoken of this many times on this show. So what we're looking at to is the degree to which the darkness is uh, amplified by our choices. Not necessarily, it's simply our perceptions, but how we qualify that light. Is that something that... Yeah, it's almost like our mind is this movie projector, and you have the the white light is coming through, and it's just white. There's nothing to it, but when it goes through that film, then all of a sudden you got a picture. And I've just been experiencing more and more recently of how it's like, how plastic reality can be. Because yeah. <laughs> I know it's like, the, the, I mean, it's usually the funny thing is like, say you, you got to call a credit card company. And I have this thing with my wife. If I call them, they're going to double the interest. If she calls them, <laughs> they're going to wipe out the interest. It's like same call, same company, two different outcomes, all based on how we pick up that phone. <laughs> and, and that's, a, you know, so you got to really be aware of what the film is in your projector. Can I hire your wife? I've got yeah. some of those calls to make. I know. <laughs> well, but let's, let's go on with that because we are choosing all the time. We're qualifying constantly. This is something we do 24-7. Mm-hmm. So we have to recognize the karmic accountability for the choices that we're making in the moment. Mm-hmm. So if the light in us, that animating factor of God, is darkness or if is is being used to misqualify the light, how great is that light? Not as a question, but as a statement, we might not know. And if we want to find out, how do we do that? How do we how do we begin to measure how much light we're actually amplifying within ourselves and how much darkness we might be inadvertently creating? I think touching on what Dan just said, 
the film in your mind that the white light is passing through, the film is like consciousness. And Mm -hmm. your consciousness is a vast topic, obviously, but there is a saying, what you put your attention on, you will attract Mm -hmm. or you will manifest. And it's one one of those key teachings that everybody, lots of uh, different people, uh, motivational speakers use to uh, train people how to, you know, turn their lives around. But it's definitely definitely true if you have something in your consciousness that you are not aware of, or even you are aware of, but it's so powerful, it has such a great hold on you that you're powerless to stop it. And you are constantly uh, using the light that God gives you to magnetize whatever is in your consciousness that's perhaps wrong. You can create tremendous darkness. And we see this today, um, many Many movies that are released have you know great special effects and everything. And when I was growing up, I loved monsters and Lords of, Lord of the Rings and all these other things. But now I see that there are people who devote their careers um, to fabricating reality, to <laughs> basically taking their vision of monsters or creatures of various types that are fairly um, dark and putting them on paper and then putting them in a computer and giving them uh, virtual life. And in some respects, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment upon the film animators community because there are lots of great people there who do amazing work. Their technical skills are, are very profound, but um, if you put a lot of energy into creating things that are not of the light, it can be very karma-making, and you can carry that karma in your body as well, darkness. The, the, the concept we've used many times in the past, and Terry, you can back me up on this, is that we are all co-creators with God. And then as such, that's an awesome responsibility that we carry, and it's an awesome accountability that is measured in karma. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, regardless of what we might see, real or otherwise, whether it's fabricated or not, if we participated in to, the degree, to a certain degree, it becomes real mm-hmm. in, within us. So then suddenly we have this debt to pay. So we want to avoid that if we can, right? I mean, we don't want to continue to make negative karma, but we have to, this is the genesis of my earlier question was, how do we know? Well, I think, you know? I mean, for a lot of people that, you know, they've been on a spiritual path of whatever type after a while, it's like, do I steal this or do I not steal that? That's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's like we've moved beyond that. And I think what you get into now is the irony of the biggest tripwire is something like self-righteousness. So we're, you know, we know everybody around us has that light of God in their heart. But somehow, you know, they do something that displeases us and we're going to snap at them. You know, instead of just hit the pause button, say, (laughs) would I want to be talked to like that? You know, instead of (laughs) like, it's like you got to talk to, you know, keep talking to the light instead of the outer thing that happens that trips your wires. So So. essentially what we're talking about is mastery. This is self-mastery, mastering our emotions, mastering our reactions, taking that little count to nine. (laughs) We call it the count to nine decree, but, you know, count to three. Pause before you react. Just take a moment to kind of decide mm-hmm. how you're going to respond in a situation and not simply automatically, reactionarily do it. Yeah, and guys, you know, you think about if, if everybody started, everybody on the planet started doing that and, <laughs> and not passing on these grotesque images and not passing on judgment and one thing and another, the whole planet would turn around. It might be a slow process, but gosh, it'll just turn around. Well, maybe it wouldn't be so slow. It might be in a twinkling of an eye, yeah, as they say, right? Yeah, would that right? be cool? Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting how the universe works with kind of that butterfly, butterfly effect phenomenon where you do or you say something good to somebody, and that makes their day. And they go on, and they 
um, you know, they interact with their children in a really positive way. And the next day their child goes to school and congratulates the teacher and the teacher, you know, it just goes on and yes, on. You've right? changed it's, the world. It, it's similar how something, how an action, a negative action can also be perpetuated through space and through time across societies. And of course, we see that in the, in the Middle East today, uh, perhaps one wrong um, <laughs> a thousand years ago has echoes that go down through space and time and you have the factions of the Sunnis, the Shias, they're fighting each other and the Christians. It's just a, it's a very complicated mess. It's kind of, you know, you're like, from a spiritual sense, it's like being the policeman who shows up on the scene and you have a whole bunch of people pointing the finger at each other and say, no, he did it first. No, he did it first. Or he started it. And so right. it's very complex. And I think kind of the issue we, or the thing that we are skirting around right now is internal darkness and the dweller on the threshold. And all of us, I mean, the reason we're here on planet Earth is because we carry karma from previous embodiments, from bad things, bad decisions that we've made. And there is part of us, part of our identity that is uh, not of the Christ, not of God. And it seeks to thwart our mission and our path and our return home uh, through the ascension. And so this is another really vast topic I don't think we have time to get into today. But I think it's important to understand that everyone has that spark of God within them, but there's also kind of that seed of darkness that was planted through uh, wrong actions and wrong decisions in previous lifetimes. Well, you bring up something else that's worth repeating, and that is that we refer to the dweller on the threshold. Again, that's a term that many people may not know, but you can perhaps understand it as the collective consciousness of all our bad deeds. You know, that the, the dweller on the threshold is that karmic pile that we're going to have to confront at some point because every jot and tittle must be balanced before it's repolarized, purified, sent back to God's heart. And if you want to visualize it, it's like standing in a kettle drum. It's, <laughs> it's like from, from the navel down, kind of. Yeah. You got all that to, to deal with. Some, some gunk. <laughs> yeah. But you can peel it away uh, one, one thin pancake at a time. And maybe even more with violet flame. You know, we talked yeah. many times about that, that when we're talking about this issue of darkness, one always, you know, say that we have tools, practical tools for dispelling that darkness, for transmuting it, for balancing bad karma, negative karma, and again, repolarizing that energy that we have misqualified in order right. to send it back home. Right. So I think we're coming up fairly close now on a break, and I want to kind of maybe go into this break a little early because we have, um, I think, four different excerpts to play for you today we do four on, different four different lectures yeah, right. and, and por- portions of each and these are all based on a lecture material that elizabeth claire prophet has provided us on the subject of if the light and need be darkness how great is that darkness so i think we're going to go to that break now when we come back we will listen to the first two of these excerpts okay so please stay with us we'll be back in just a moment The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org 
slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for anytime, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us today on The Open Door. And today we're talking about um, that famous quote from Matthew 6.23, if the light in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And with us today are two friends, Daniel Kehoe and Rex Davis, who have joined us for this roundtable discussion. Now, what we're going to do is play a couple of excerpts from lecture material that Elizabeth Clare Prophet has delivered in the past on the subject, um, if the light in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So here she is addressing the subject. I can remember the days of the process of my own chilaship, and I see it as an ongoing stream of many lifetimes. I can remember many days of many centuries of devotion to God and service, wondering, wondering when the great infilling and the great light would appear, wondering how long would the darkness remain, knowing that he could do this, knowing that God would do it, and yet waiting moment by moment for the coming of the bridegroom into my temple. I remember embodiments of experiencing the bridegroom from childhood. And then I remember others where the weight of karmic necessity and the requirements of the law to bear the planetary karma were so great that the weight was as a death shroud. I remember knowing that God was within me, but the weight was so great that it took preponderance over the light. We watch ourselves passing through the sine waves, the peaks of light, the descents to the lows, and we realize that the process of God changing our darkness into light occurs again and again because when we are full of light and we pass through another cycle, then new darkness of ancient karma 
must come forth. It spills upon us, and we start the sine wave again. Jesus said, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? He was, of course, referring to the misqualification of the light that an individual at one time or another has received from God. If the light that is in thee is darkness, what is the measure of that darkness? How great it is. How great is it? Sometimes you can look into the eyes of people where you read the soul, and you can see a lot of light flashing or flickering there. And you look again, and you realize that the light is not pure. Yes, there is energy there, but it is misqualified energy. And so you ask God, if the light that is in that one is darkness, how great is it? What is the qualification? What is the vibration? Sometimes those who are untutored in reading the vibrations of light cannot tell the difference between a light bearer and a black magician. They both shine with light, one with the light of the moon and one with the light of the sun. But the moon's light is a reflection of the sun and in some aspects does not appear any different. And the sheep will follow these leaders. It is important to know not only that someone has energy or has a force field or has a powerful aura, it is important to know what is the tone, what is the vibration, what is the vibration of the energy that is there. People perform almost magician feats with the energy they have garnered illicitly and illegally in their auras. And there are some people on the earth who, if they see astral tricks performed, they immediately think they are in the presence of a great, great adept. Jesus left so few words with us, but when we ponder them, we learn so much. If the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? I could speak to you of false gurus in India, amazing individuals who lead hundreds of thousands astray, and they appear to have a wondrous light. You have to look again, and you have to be pure enough to know purity when you see it. I pray you receive that gift of the Holy Spirit, that thou and thy children be not misled in any way, especially by the false prophets of business, economics, capitalistic opportunities who come luring you to follow them and invest your supply in unprofitable or dishonest schemes. It happens to light bearers again and again. Some time ago, there was an article in the paper about an investor who had done so well that millions and millions of dollars of the Seventh-day Adventist church had been put in his hands to invest. Private individuals in the church invested with him. Whole churches invested their surplus funds. And all of a sudden, this individual disappeared, totally disappeared with their millions. 
Trust no man. The great teaching of Mark Prophet. He chose to give it especially to individuals who had a tendency toward idolatry. They would see a new chila walking through the door. Ah, this is the one we've been waiting for. This is the great light. And Mark would say, Trust no man. Trust no manifestation. Trust God. Trust the God within the temple. Trust the mighty I am presence. And you will never be disappointed. The consciousness of an atheist or an agnostic is in a category by itself. To deny or question the existence of the deity may eventuate in the denial of the individual by the deity. But the fact that man does exist and is aware of self and others is proof of his own present opportunity to receive the divine gifts and graces of God. I think, therefore, I am. Thus the individual can believe in himself. The truth is that the last judgment is the denial of the individuality of anyone who has consistently denied God. Because you are God. So if you deny God, you are denying yourself. And by your own law, you have canceled out selfhood where you are. This is the fate of the atheist who is the fallen one, serpent and his seed, the children of the light who've been led astray by that philosophy, may be converted, turned around to affirm the mighty I am presence. At least one thing was done for them by the fallen ones. When you are an atheist, you have created a great vacuum. So the moment you speak the name of God, he is there. No doctrine, no dogma, no clutter in the attic to undo, no false theology, no false guru. The atheist that is converted can be filled with the light of God. It's a great rejoicing when you see chilas unindoctrinated by false Christianity. Many people who are so indoctrinated are worse off than the atheist. Many atheists are atheists because of fundamentalist Christians. So when they learn what and who God is by your witness unto him, then they know the way and they establish this union with their own I am presence. The fallen ones are continually trying to get you involved in the squandering of the light of your chakras because the light of your chakras is the light and consciousness of God. It is God in you. And they come to steal that light because they were cut off from the source. When they were judged and bound and sent into earth, they were cut off from direct access from the light of God. So they have to contrive ways and means to get you to give up your light. You give up your light to the focus of your attention. 
So where your attention goes, there your energy goes. If your attention is on God, you are locked into light. The flow returns, and Jesus said, If thine eye be single, if thy attention be upon God and the light, thy whole body will be full of light. But he said, If the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. He was illustrating the fact that you can take the light of God and by your free will turn it to darkness, through anger, through emotions, through pride, through envy, through jealousy, through irritation, and so forth, argumentation. So you turn God's light to darkness, and then your whole body is filled with darkness, and your aura is dark. And people walk the earth with very dark auras. And a lot of people who have a lot of spiritual pride, who think they are very advanced, still have dark auras, because they have never learned the simple lesson of the control and God harmony of the emotions. And so the aura is a very true reading of who is who in the book of life. And you can read the aura through your seat of the soul chakra. Pretty amazing, huh? <laughs> oh boy, there's a lot packed in there. Yes, and we must be pure enough to know purity. A little bit of a conundrum there. Yeah. Well, please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment with more from Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of If Thy Light Be Darkness, How Great Is That Darkness? Don't go away. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel. 
on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks again for staying with us. Um, I'm Tom. He's Terry. And joining us today are Dan and Rex. And we're talking about that famous quote from the New Testament, If thy light in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Can I I just throw something in here? You sure can. on, On that last commercial break. I just took that title of our show, and I added, uh, I, I replaced a couple of words. If the light in me be karma, how great is my karma? Mm-hmm. So that simplifies it. I mean, that's just something that just kind of jumped out at me. And so rather than getting involved in, you know, there's so many, you know, uh, equations of darkness that go on. And I, I just had a tendency to think in terms of myself. So that's that's my question: is sure. how, how great is my karma? So mm-hmm. that's why the violet flame will start chipping, chipping, chipping away flame. at it. Yeah, yeah actually, it'll do more than hopefully a shoveling away. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we continue, thank you, Terry. I think that's a, that's a good point to make. And I think we are talking about karma. We're talking about mastery. We're talking about discernment. Uh, we're talking about qualification of light and free will. Right. You know all those things. Um, Let's listen to the last two, I think these are a little briefer, mm-hmm. excerpts from uh, lecture, lecture materials that, from Elizabeth Clare Prophet to kind of round out the subject. Then we'll go into the discussion again. Okay. okay? So let's listen to the final segment right now of the uh, pre-records and go from there. And you need not be caught off guard with a misunderstanding of works of righteousness, of grace, of mercy, of the meaning of washing, of regeneration, or the meaning of renewal of the Holy Ghost. This is Ascended Master theology. This is the theology of Christ Jesus. And when you know it, you can defend the little children who have had a part interpretation instead of the fullness of the law given. The Holy Spirit is the ingredient of life, which is the fire of cosmos. The germinal power in every manifestation of flora and the power that beats the heart of every display of fauna. In fact, the Holy Spirit is indigenous to every life manifestation, and without the Holy Spirit, there is no manifestation of life. This is why, blessed ones, the term not-person or non-person has come into use in certain circles of the world. For when the personality of mankind becomes so taken up with thought processes and ideas that are anti-Christ in nature or totally involved with a finite self, there is such a deterioration of reality within the individual because of his identification with activities into which the Spirit of God cannot enter, that even the reflected light of life within the person takes on the robes of darkness. This condition has been referred to by Jesus in the following words, If the light that is within thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? The Holy Spirit is warning us that if we misuse the light of God, we become involved in activities thought processes that are anti-Christ in nature, we can become a non-person or a not-person. 
If you weren't born a robot, you can become a robot by the denial of the Christ within you. By selling your birthright, you can sell the birthright of your individual Christ person. You can slay that Christ person in you. You can decapitate that Christ person by misuse of the sacred fire, by the disobedience to the Ten Commandments and to the moral code set forth by Jesus. You can deny that Christ person so long that in the very process of denial, in the expenditure of energy, you have created the anti-person, the non-person, the not-self. And so there are many people walking the earth today who, perhaps a child of light might say, that is a robot, that is a totally mechanical person. When I am near that person, I have no sensitivity that that person has a soul. Well, if you would wish to study the origin of that individual, that individual may truly be the descent of the fallen ones of the Luciferian creation. They may have been the seed of the wicked from the beginning, but they may not be. They themselves may have, by default, by selling their birthright of the Christ flame, have made of themselves a robot. If you have taken God's light and misqualified it and it has become darkness in you, how great is that darkness? How great indeed! The return to the seeing, the all-seeing eye, is the abandonment of the dualities of good and evil and all of the illusions of this plane. And finally, the crown chakra, the point of wisdom, the opening of the mind of God. Whether it is Buddha sitting under the bow tree, the tree of his own I am presence, entering into this great sphere of consciousness and discovering first through seven days the seven cycles and spheres and then a total of 49 days the levels and planes of God's being, or whether it is the Apostle Paul saying to you, let that mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, there is no difference. It is the same mind, the same God consciousness, the same mind with which we are intended to be endowed because we are the creations of that mind. The experiencing of that mind means that the energy of God must return to that point of contact with reality. The crown chakra is dormant in most people. It is sealed, it is covered over by an intellectualism and the use of the mental body, which is the lower mind. And that lower mind is subject to air. But when you enter into the mind of God, you become the knower and the known. You know all things because you are in the one who knows all things. And so that higher mind must be opened. The energy of God descends. On its descent, it comes to the heart. It is distributed through these seven centers. The center below the heart is the solar plexus, the place of the sun, the place of desire. Our desires and feelings are experienced right here, approximately at the navel. That's where we either get butterflies in the belly or we feel an absolute peace because we are in the presence of God. So there you go, once again. Well, I think what we just kind of (laughs) encountered is a smorgasbord of comment about this concept of the light within, but essentially... It all revolves around the same thing. It's the free will choice to use God's will, I mean, to use God's light properly. And that the manifestation of that light is the accumulation of good deeds, those treasures laid up in heaven, or negative karma. 
Yeah, what kind of a filter are you going to run it through? Yeah, so let's talk about that. We've got a few minutes before the segment is over. What did you think about what you just heard? Well, it was <laughs> it was quite a bit. The, we had several different segments. Uh, one of the things that stuck with me was, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. how you qualify the light that God gives to you uh, determines the vibration of your aura and your karmic standing. Mm-hmm. So it's very it was very interesting when Mrs. Prophet talked about how there are leaders, so-called, well, she referred to them, false gurus in India that Mm -hmm. have hundreds of thousands of people following them. And they have incredible incredible magnetism and power uh, attraction in their auras. And many people say, wow, there's an aura there. There's a force field. There's energy. But they're not sensitive to the type of energy, the type of vibration. So the other thing that stuck with me was um, when she talked about how somebody who has lost their Christ connection or <laughs> lost that, um, that flame of God within them, becomes a robot, uh, it struck me as being very similar to one of the, um, I guess you could say, psychological phenomena that uh, we are dealing with today and we know quite a bit about, uh, sociopathy, yeah. which is where people have no conscience or no remorse for things that they do. Indeed. And it was very, I guess the thing that was interesting was, uh, Mrs. Provitt said that, some of these individuals were created by the fallen ones, the so-called mechanization man. Mm-hmm. Others actually became that way. They lost it. Yep. It's kind of like Star Wars, the story of, Lot, of Darth Vader, how he yeah. <laughs> you know, was once a, a Jedi, and he had a great attainment and possibility, and he was turned to darkness, and he became you know, the supervillain of the galaxy, so to speak. Yeah. Eventually, there was redemption in the end, though. So. I, I think it's a sad <laughs> statement to make, but it sounds like a bumper sticker. Deny Christ, become a robot. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's right. Do you have anything you want to add, Dan? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that as I'm listening to her, I was thinking about when we say how great, and Terry, you were saying how great is my karma, uh-huh. that one way you can look at that word of how great is how powerful and kind of goes back to what we were saying is that when you're doing things that you think are right, but actually might not be. And in St. Germain <laughs> on Alchemy, he talked about, because we were talking about dweller on the thresholds, like at that point of consciousness of where the thought comes in, he says you either prove or disprove, you know, approve or disprove the thought. And that's kind of like, you know, if you grow up in a house that's prejudiced in some way, that's <laughs> natural. You don't even know you're making the karma. Yeah. of the prejudice so it's like how how locked in you are until you start to go well maybe what i always assumed was right isn't well this is really important because i think rex brought it up earlier too about some of the conflict in the middle east for example where you've got these karmic returns happening over a thousand or two thousand or three thousand years of the same conflict played out again and again and again because they don't know the difference in the West, I think we see orthodoxy kind of playing the same role. A lot of people raised in the belief that they're worthless sinners. They don't, they're not raised in the belief that they have the same potential as Jesus did to become the Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not taught that. It's not something that's in our consciousness, so we don't automatically think of it. So our, our acts, our deeds, our thoughts are colored, obviously, by the orthodoxy with which we are raised and the belief system with which we are basically inheriting from our parents, from our teachers, from our society at large. So to break that logjam, to step out of that is not easy. To acquire a new discernment in the face of all this opposition is a, is a challenging, daunting thing. So I want people to know that as we talk about this, there is a way through it. That way is practice, it's consciousness, it's making new decisions, it's using the violet flame decrees, other means and methods, meditation, prayer, whatever works for you. The idea here is that 
by increments, by degrees, you can turn the ship around. And it doesn't mean that you, be, you were born and raised in a certain ideology that you're going to be there for the rest of your life. You have the power of choice. You have free will. So I just want to make that point that as we're talking about the various ways in which we understand how light can be magnified or qualified wrongly, we can change. It's not something that we are destined to have to repeat if we don't choose otherwise. Right, right. I did go on. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, I know we're coming up to a break, but pretty uh, quick now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. It is. Well, let's take that break now. We we're we're pushing hard against it. So let's take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. So please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, Go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, we are back. Thank you for staying with us here on The Open Door, where today we're talking about the equation of light and darkness. And in particular, we qualify the light that we receive from God every day, every hour, every minute, every second, that animates our every thought, word, and deed, and the karmic repercussion of that choosing. So let's kind of go there a little bit uh, again before we move on to other subjects here, talking about the fact that we have this power to create. We have this power to control our experience through the choices that we make. And, and, and like I was uh, saying during that break, um, you know, there's, there is, I think, less karma. And you were, you were reading, uh, Dan, you were reading a, 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 a Pearl by Mother Mary, I believe, that where she talks about um, – the difference between if you don't know that you're doing something wrong and when you finally find out that you are. Can you yeah, elaborate it, on that? It's kind of like it's filtered out. The karmic board, when they look at it, they filter it out. So they're more looking at what we're consciously doing and knowingly doing wrong. But by the same token, you know, you do have to balance karma and isn't it the great spiritual indignity to be back for something stupid? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Yeah, that's right. And I think that you know, it's one of the reasons why we probably don't have memory of having stood before the karmic board, because yeah. <laughs> we might not want to remember that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was I, I did what? Yeah. Okay. Again. 
<laughs> and again. So I think the example you used was if perhaps if you were raised in a family that was prejudiced and you grew up and you still have those beliefs, the karmic penalty that you incur from holding on to those beliefs because they were instilled in you from childhood is not going to be as great as the karmic penalty for someone who enters into a prejudiced mindset willfully knowingly. and knowingly. Mm-hmm. That isn't to say that right. um, you know ignorance of the law is any excuse. There still is going to be some type of penalty, and ultimately you will have to transmute that karma of prejudice. But uh, definitely having a making a conscious free will decision to do something that is bad, that perhaps you know is bad on the inner, yeah. is going to generate more karma than than just kind of keeping the ball rolling on something that's been in your family or your genetic code for a long time. You know, it's interesting. We're in the midst right now, um, as we record this show, of a kind of election cycle. It's a bit out there a ways yet, but it's a big one. And a lot of energy is being circulated right now about political issues. And one of the commentaries that I heard recently was the uh, the pundits, the, the those who kind of try to scope out just what's going to happen, say, well, there's this percentage of the population is Democrat. And this percentage of the population is Republican. And a lot of them are simply the, that, not necessarily by choice, but by inheritance. They are simply what their parents were and their parents' parents were, et cetera. And to change those people's minds, to change, is, requires a, an awakening. That suddenly they look at an issue in a new way that they hadn't perceived before because it, beforehand it was rote. Now suddenly they're being questioned as to whether or not what their belief is is legitimate. So that I'm, I'm saying this as an example of kind of how we are raised ideologically in certain people's religious backgrounds. You know, you were raised Catholic or something else. And it, again, takes a bit of doing to step out and question whatever it is that you have been raised to believe. And many people don't even have the platform upon which to make those statements or to question it because it's simply what is. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? How do we change that? Is it something that is our education at fault here? For not making people critical thinkers, is discernment something that should be, you know, taught from the pulpit? What can we do? Well, I I, I think it is a tough thing because it's ingrained. In fact, a simple story is like when I grew up in the Washington D.C. area and our family moved to Florida. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I kind of liked Florida at the time, <laughs> but what I didn't realize is like amongst the rest of the extended family, this was like unthinkable. It was like, why would you move? <laughs> out, of, out of town, away from the family. And um, sometimes I think as bearable, like, it's like you got to move away from the family. You got to move away from that soup you grew up in just to get that other look at life mm-hmm. of maybe this is different. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, we all have our stories. When you were first uh, introduced to the teachings of the Ascended Master, obviously, this runs counter to and in the face of much of the orthodoxy that we're typically aware of. You know, the Jesus, the only son of God. We don't have karma reincarnation, typically. What happened at that point? Were you suddenly the, the black sheep? <laughs> Did you, you know, what does your family say uh, yeah, when you I come mean, home one day and say, I just... It's the same thing. It's unthinkable. Yeah. It's like if your yeah. family's a Democrat or your family's a... Democrat, Catholic, it's like the two things blend into one religion and to move out of it. Yeah. It's like, what are you thinking? Are you crazy? (laughs) That is one of the things about politics, uh, religion, and diet. They're all fairly irrational. (laughs) So when you you do something different, uh, I mean, the first reaction of people is denial and uh, not believing. 
it's possible you could make a decision like right. that. But it is part of the human spirit to explore new territories and to look for new perspectives. And I would agree that in some respects, at least here in the United States, our public school system is not doing a very good job of instilling critical thinking mm-hmm. in the minds of our children to be able to look at every situation from a new perspective, take everything that's come before and put it on the back burner and say, okay, I'm just going to be open to this. I'm going to evaluate it um, you mm-hmm. know, using the criteria that uh, my life has given me. And I guess that was one of the things that I really benefited from. I had one good teacher in high school. Well, I had many good teachers, but one teacher stood out for me. And even though he was a liberal uh, vegan uh, guy <laughs> whose beliefs at the time were like polar opposite to mine, at, you know, at the time I considered myself a neocon. It was fairly disastrous. Um, <laughs> he challenged me to think in new ways about mm-hmm. so many different topics that even though it was incredibly uncomfortable and I was like scraping my fingers on the underside of the desk because it was so uncomfortable, it stuck with me and I'd go home and I'd think about it and mm-hmm. I began to realize that at the end of the day, just as Mark Provitt said in one of those excerpts we played um, several minutes ago, trust no man. Trust no man. Trust, do not trust the human. Trust the mighty eye in presence. Trust God. Look past the human. Look past the human vibration. Look at the energy behind things. And I think ultimately that's the key. It is. With, a political, with a political elections coming up, lots of candidates you know, I'm broadly canvassing the entire spectrum. I'm looking at everybody pretty genuinely, looking at the platforms. And I think ultimately, you know, there is no perfect Ascended Master candidate this time around. Darn. We have, we have to, you know, see, see the human emotions and look past that and look at the vibration behind this, all these different candidates. And it's, it's really difficult. Well, and, you know, once again, we're skirting around the issue of light as we qualify light, that if we, in fact, did have the discernment and the emotional harmony to see things clearly— what a what an amazing moment that would be for us because the epiphany that occurs when you suddenly go, aha, I'm much greater than I realized. I am, in fact, a co-creator with God. We come back to the same subject again and we watch people creating with the same energy we're using and they're creating a mess. And you wonder why, how can that possibly happen? And it goes back to the orthodoxy, what we, what we are trained to believe, what we are trained to understand, the limitation of the human, all those things. We keep coming back to the same equation again and again that we have to learn. We've got to be better at discernment. We've got to understand what is at stake. We've got to know what it is we're playing with. That light is not something trivial. It's something essential. You're playing yeah. with fire. You're playing with literally cosmic fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got God within you and you have Christ's potential. I mean, those are two really <laughs> simple things. Once once it all boils down, God I've got you and God within me and I've got Christ's potential. And there you go. And there you go. And that'll, boy, that'll set you apart from the crowd. And that's the, that's the essential nature of this discussion we're having today. Yeah. And that, that kind of did that with me and my family. Mm-hmm. I think that things kind of healed over time, but, but I, was, I was a stepper outer. <laughs> You know, yeah, and you probably were too, Dan. I we, don't know. We, we Rex, you, I yeah. was, for sure. Well, we're coming up on the end of the show. Amazingly, this hour is just kind of whizzed by. <laughs> so before we go, we've got about a minute, minute and a half. Any closing comments anybody wants to make about this subject? What are some practical tools, practical tools that people can take away from this to increase their self-awareness and their attunement with God and to be able to develop better discernment uh, when it comes to vibration of energies and Auras yeah. and things like that. Well, I would say certainly number one is to go to the website uh, for the Summit Lighthouse, summitlighthouse.org or .com. .org. .org. 
And we have a bookstore. We've got other um, tabs you can explore that have content that uh, you might find interesting about all manner of things from the Violet Flame to the Ascended Masters to Karma Reincarnation to the Angels, Good and Bad, and et cetera. So that's that's a resource. Just start out with something, you know? Yeah, and we've got free books. Of course, you can always get our download, the um, Violet Flame free decree book, I think is what it is. I don't remember anymore. But if you go to the website, you'll find things you can take home with you that will help to expand your consciousness and your awareness of these things we're talking about. And let us know your victories. Webradio at tsl.org. Indeed. Webradio at tsl.org. This has been a lot of fun today. Yeah, and gosh, I think we're just scratching the surface. So thank you both Mm -hmm. Rex and for Daniel for being with us today on this roundtable. Hope we can do this again. And in the meantime... Though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out out of of this this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.